Hello, this is Reverend John Harfouche, and you're listening to the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. We have a message for you today from Apostle Dr. Christian Harfouche. For more information, live broadcasts, and video teachings, connect with us online at globalrevival.com and join us every week for the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. You guys sound, sound great. Praise God. Turn with me on your feet. While you're on your feet, turn with me in your Bibles, please, to Hebrews chapter 13, the 13th chapter of Hebrews. And when you get there, say amen. If you're still looking, say just a moment. All right. All right. Hebrews 13 and verses 7 and 8. Let's read them together. Ready? Read. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I want us to note a couple of things before we make our confession um, before the Lord today. And uh, one of them is the, the text itself. Recall, remember, keep, keep firm in your person those that have the rule over you. That word in the English or in, at first glance is a little bit not clear because it gives the impression of a dominant rule, if that makes sense. In this case, it's talking about within the church, meaning that although at the time when the Apostle Paul, in my opinion, wrote by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, the book of Hebrews, the pagan Roman Empire under Caesar was in rule. So that it was not like subject to a citizen's debate whether or not certain things would happen. This is why the martyrdom of Peter took place, the martyrdom of, of um, Paul took place, and even in, in the Holy Land, the martyrdom of Stephen happened because there was certain religious rule. Does that make sense? That, that are cast iron, if you will, because they had certain laws that they could fulfill, even under Judaism, with reference to blasphemy. How many understand what I'm talking about? So Stephen was stoned for an alleged blasphemy, which he did not commit. And then, of course, he was the first martyr of the church, the second, and the, by no means the uh, lesser, was James. No play on words with that one, Reverend John. Um, James, the brother of, of John, was killed with the edge of the sword because Herod, who was again in rule, does that make sense? Wanted to um, 
to make an example of him. And when he saw that it pleased the circumcision, um, then he stretched out his hand to take Peter also. But in this text, it's not talking about that kind of rule. It's talking about a observed, believed, Christian environment where our fathers in the faith or a person that has been placed as an elder specially to minister the word of God, then we sit in their atmosphere of ministry. We recall what, both what they talk about and how they live. And in this it says, remember them that have the rule over you. In other words, they're ministering to you from above. They're ministering to you words from the Lord. They're ministering to you relationship that they have with the Lord. And they're in turn extending that to you as privilege, benefit, and because of how much the Lord loves you. And then drawing you to a closer relationship with Him as they may know or may seem uh, to understand for you. Can you see that? Remember them who have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, thank God forever, whose faith follow or imitate. Does that make sense? Invisible thing called faith can be seen by champions born of God. Invisible force called faith, invisible spirit called faith can be perceived by faith-filled people. Doesn't mean it will automatically be perceived, but it can be perceived. Because the world or this age will do its best to give you 360 opinions other than the word of the Lord. But as a child of God, you can remember who you got connected to when you got connected to the Lord. And you can remember who's speaking and what they're speaking to you. You remember who's speaking and what they're speaking and it's the word of God and you imitate and follow that faith. So watch what it says. Whose faith follow considering or taking into account the outcome of their conversation or that word means also conduct. It means teaching, preaching, articulation and conduct. Consider the outcome of their conduct. Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. And I want to tell you one uh, paraphrase, one translation. For he must be to you today what he's always been in the eons past. And he will always be to the heavenly host, Jesus the Christ. Come on somebody, thank God. Come on somebody, praise the Lord. Hold up your Bible above your head. You deserve all the praise, Lord. You are who you said you are. You are what you said you are. You have done what your revealing has done. This is the word of God. Not an opinion. Not human tradition, not, human tradition. Not, subject to debate. not subject to debate, alive, alive. The, Lord spoke. the Lord spoke, I believe, I believe. And, that settles it. and that settles it, you are who you say you are, you are, 
I am who you say I am. I have what you say I have. And as I believe today, I can do what you say I can do. And I believe that what you have for me now will better my life, change my life forever. I will not leave the way I came. If you believe that, set the Bible down and go ahead and praise the Lord forever. Come on. Come on. Come on. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. You sound wonderful, and, 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 uh, and uh, you feel in the spirit, you're, 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 you, I'm, I, I'm sensing a very high level of faith and expectation in you. So the word of God, and of course you could see here we're in the 13th chapter of Hebrews, and every epistle or every communication that was put forth by founding uh, apostles or, or, or published New Testament writers is both inspired by God, it's the word of God, but also it stands on its own. So there was no way for the writer to the Hebrews to really know that the epistle to the Hebrews is going to be part of the canon. We have the blessing of having a Bible. And we, when we pick up our good Bible, we're, we're actually accessing every communication that is the word of the living God to the body of Christ. I'm saying that for a reason. Might sound like I'm not saying nothing. But I'm saying it for a reason. Hit someone and say, catch this. Because you're already in the 13th chapter after we chaptered it. You're already way down the line towards the end of the book after we versed it numbered it so if the book by itself was going to do all the work to replace ministry gifts why would the writer of the book say consider them why wouldn't he just say consider what I'm writing because once I'm done soon you won't need other individuals that you must identify their faith this is very important because it gives us an awareness of the plan of God and and that God has never planned to retire humanity God is not looking to replace you with papyrus or replace you with calfskin or replace you with computer or replace you 
with AI. God has planned you. God has planned you. And all the ages of knowledge that have been meticulously placed on pages, on stone, on record, on paper, all of it, what's good in it is to the intent that God the Holy Spirit will breathe on it and get it into the hearts of men and women today to stand up and declare what thus saith the Lord. All of it is for you. All of it is for you. And today, and the hours we're living in, if the Lord delays, now if the Lord comes, I'm happy. Are you listening? Some people say, well, you know, what if, what about, look, it's far better. If the Lord comes right now, you know, guess who's going to be the happiest person? Somebody said, no, I'm going to be happier. I don't know that. I know how I'm going to be. But if the Lord doesn't come, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, this generation will not leave this eon or age in the hands of the godless. with the Lord it doesn't matter if you're as close as you've ever been he's going to bring you closer it doesn't matter if you feel as if you messed up and all that's great in God is behind you today God will immediately put you right where you need to go and the things that the Lord has placed in your life the things that the Lord has breathed into your being will rise up to another level so you can run like you've never run believe like you've never believed like you can never imagine is possible. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Well, I love you. You may be seated. And so if the Lord started move, moving in your life and you say, Lord, um, you, you're tugging on me to re, re, um, Connect with my training and reconnect with uh, my equipping and invest in my call or, or be part of the attendance of the saints more frequently, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Listen, if a desire comes, the ability for the desire is not being withheld by God. It is more than generously being offered. God has a plan for you. You, you may be underestimated by relatives or by the visible or by the status quo. You may have been relegated to be a shepherd that is not supposed to do anything but carry the lunch of your so-called brethren or your, the people of society. Maybe you're working some kind of a, a whatever, a job or a, a circumstance or a thing that seems as if 
is mediocre. But when the Lord is going to call somebody, when there is a Goliath that needs to be slain, somebody needs to know, is there not a cause? This generation, this generation, this generation... Hallelujah. Now that word was for somebody. Amen. I love you. Maybe seated for a moment. Now, if you notice, it's the last chapter. Now, I, I didn't intend to go there uh, in what I'm talking about. In other words, go to the fact that it's the last chapter. And it's a, a stand on its own epistle. And it's actually the single most accurate New Testament reference thesis on the Melchizedek priesthood, the new priesthood, uh, Levitical being changed, Right? The new law, the law being changed. You can read the whole, the whole, this is a meticulous book. There's been books written out of this book. This is a library of knowledge placed there by the Almighty Holy Spirit through one of the keynote first century scholars, the Apostle Paul. So it's a stand on its own in his communication to the Hebrews. He's already in the last chapter. But then he says, consider them who have the rule over you. So in other words, beyond these writings, you have human yet, at that time, yet human beings that are more than enough example to you that Christ is who he said he is because see, they're carrying the same or similar power, similar witness, similar victory, similar recovery ability, similar similar Holy Spirit, similar theology because they received it from the Lord. So, so remember them that have the spiritual rule or, or superiority or seniority over you considering the outcome of their declaration. When they say amen on their sermon. When they open up the altar for ministry. When they step up to do something about somebody that needs help. Is what they manifest Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, today and forever. Come on. Come on. Come on. Are they showing? Are they showing? Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, 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 glory. So, so consider the, 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 the copy, follow, imitate, and walk in the sphere of their faith. Why? Because the rewards of faith are no respecter of persons. 
when we get on the highway of the faith, we've just gotten on Christ Jesus's path. We got into the yay and the amen and the more than enough and the abundant and the I will. My God, I need to stop and let you shout. know what I meant right and you know what I mean the rewards of the faith are no respecters of persons when you get on the faith and you walk in the faith you're not walking to the faith that belongs to those that have seniority over you you're walking in the faith that those that have seniority over you told you it belongs to you your faith. I need to talk to everybody here today. Let me say this. God has no favorites, even though I'm his favorite. Hey! Now don't nobody shake your head and so say doctor's not his favorite. Hey, your head is not what needs to shake this way. It needs to shake this way. I am his favorite, although he doesn't have me. You got under. I can't put my faith and say, "Well, you're his favorite." Then I'll, I'll think he'll do some things for you that he won't do for me. But God is incapable of being a respecter of persons. He has a household. He has a body. He has a family. He has a kind. He has a people. Somebody can run in this place today. Somebody can glorify God in this place today. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, 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 glory. God forever. Amen. 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 Please, please. Sit down if you can.
in the Lord's revelation to us, and uh, what I mean by that is also in the biblical revelatory accounts given to us, the Lord utilizes a progression of revelation until it is fully available for understanding in enduring and be, and 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 uh, beyond or after the earthly ministry of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ or the Messiah he starts and how many of you know that little by little there's more seen about what the Lord would be like and what the Lord would do and what salvation would bring and the old covenant is filled with types and shadows some of which until today are misunderstood and not, not even understood until a theologian or a minister that has been sent by God and been tutored by the Lord break it to us in a way where you could see them and those are treasures but the prophecies, messianic prophecies the things that happened and were fulfilled by the Lord and all of that were, were revealed in part there is no way at the time that God prophesied the seed of the woman will come and bruise your head in the garden there is no way that the serpent and, and the fallen being behind the, the creature would know what it means that the seed of the woman is going to come and bruise the head of the serpent. Example. Just example. So if you notice, man fell, but God said, the seed of the woman will come and bruise your head. Notice God did not say, I will destroy man. Would you like to know why? Would you like to know where that is in the text we read today? Everybody's quiet. No, I won't tell you till 100% respond. It's in the text. Jesus Christ the same yesterday. So when we committed rebellion against God, he was already the plan a forward motion. So he did not, he never had to entirely abort his intention. He, he only had to protect his intention until he can come personally in the person of the word of God and go ahead and procure for you and I this outcome or this path of the faith so that we can have Jesus Christ revealed through our lives the same and forever and so never did God ever fall because of the rebellion of the enemy one two is never did Christ fall because of the attacks of the enemy 
So God never fell, never shook, never got threatened in his almightiness, in his stability, in his goodness, or in his plans. Amen. Never. So when man fell, God said, here's the word. Here's, the, here's what I'm going to do. Here's the word. Here's the seed of the woman. When, he, when God needed Hebrews, he said, Abram, come on, get out of familiar territory. And we think about that. And it's not just Chaldea coming over to, to uh, Canaan. It's not only that. It's not geographical change. It's nature change. He said, I'll make out of you. I'll make out of you a mighty nation. I'll make out of you the father of many nations. Glory to God. Are, are you, should I stop? So progressive revelation, you, you could see it. You could see the Lord, for instance, Tell Abraham, and we, we could go down the line. He tells Abraham where to go, and then Abraham ends up with an only begotten son. And then Abraham gets directed to offer his only begotten son. Abraham receives a vision, etc. And he knows his son somehow are going to come back to life, but he doesn't know how. And they cooperate together, and it becomes an invitation to God that is talked about in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, where God gave his only begotten son. So the point that I'm making is Jesus Christ the same. In the eons before, so before he made man, and before man fell, he has a plan. So when man fell, God never had to abort his plan. He always gave a forward word. God will not throw you aside and start with somebody else. He always had a forward word. God! a forward word for you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Your greatest momentum is upon you. Your greatest strength is here now. Your greatest promise. My God. My God. He'll give you new vision. He'll give you new dreams. He'll give you a new body. He'll give you a new mind. He'll give you new organs. He'll give you new memories. You'll remember. You'll remember mostly the things that the Lord has said and done in your life. And you'll discard the so-called lies of the adversary that are pretending to be sufficient excuses for uh, going AWOL on God. Should I stop? No. Hit someone. Give them a high five. Say anything is liable to happen here today. All right, please. You may be seated. Are you catching what I'm saying? So when, 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 and, and this, I'll bless the men with this. So this thing, when Eve was deceived, and remember, because the Bible said the woman was deceived, but the man was not deceived. So part of the man's willful decision to go ahead and partake of the fruit, if you will, part of it 
is directed by God. Part of it is directed by God, whether, whether, whether God said or God didn't say. Should I explain? I'm trying to help the men. If you look at me, if you, if you look at me like that, it, if I look at you and I see dizzy, how am I going to help you? See, I got to look at you and I got to see promise. When the Lord said, and actually it was Adam that said, this is now flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, cleave to his wife, and they too will be one flesh. So it says it in Genesis. So all of a sudden, his one flesh has been directed to go ahead and, and she partakes of the wrong thing and her nature falls. And Adam knows something about God. He knows God does not abort what he starts. God does not stop what he plans. God has no quit in him. He has no give up in him. So Adam knew he wasn't deceived, but he partook of the fruit because he went after his wife. And then guess what? God was able to give him promise going forward. And by doing that, the Lord became man. And he went after to seek and to save that which is Lord. God has a plan for your life. So men, the next time the devil tries to tell you that you were rebellious against God, remind them that the word of God became man in obedience to his own intention to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. Rise up in the will of God and be the end time man that God has called you to be. Be a victory man. Be a giant killer. Be a David. Glory be to God. And ladies or daughters, next time the devil tries to tell you something about deception or a fragility and all that, remind them that the last Eve or the second Eve, Mary was not deceived, but she said, behold the handmaid of the Lord, let it be unto me according to your word. And the Lord, and the Lord lifted her up and lifted his own female disciples up out of the criticism of religiosity into a realm where they can declare the word of God where he sent the women to tell the apostles first you can hear me uh, over the shouts of this wild people but our Lord our Lord did not only vindicate a womankind but he also 
revealed his resurrection first and sent the women to tell the apostles women that were supposed to be silent women that weren't supposed to be trusted women that weren't supposed to be believed he said go tell them of the truck and land here you have made an eternal vocal living faith-filled spiritual plan and you brought me into my time into my day into my dispensation into my sphere use us mightily use us victoriously use us triumphantly use us magnificently use us in a powerful supernatural way use us And here's one thing I know. Would you like to know what I know? Listen, when humanity chooses to reject the goodness of God, eventually humanity deals with it on a personal basis. So everyone will be dealt with according to what they personally have done with the plan of God. However, if you as an individual recognize that you're a holy member of the great house of faith and you're a vessel in the house and you say I'm not satisfied to be wood, hay and stubble I want to be gold and silver not, not for me to shine but for you to shine not for me to do great things but for you to do great things when you do that then you occupy a dispensation with the authority of almighty God with the household of faith ultimately when we get to heaven we won't only receive reward for personal things but everything we did personally will defer and give the credit to the one that empowered us who is the same yesterday God and so you may be seated I hope I'm not going too fast so if we look for instance at briefly what we touched on in the miracle school of of the prophet touch on some things altars were built first by Abraham, of course before that by Abel and Seth later on and so on, were offerings that marked a place of contact with heaven or with the God of heaven, the God of glory, um, were offered up to God and that place was called or claimed by the redeemed. 
So now I'm talking about a different family than our earthly family. Maybe, unless your parents or whatever are members of the global body of believers or Christianity, born of God, born from above. How many understand what I'm talking about? No, I'm talking about a different line or a different lineage. Okay? When we got to Abraham, when we got to the author or the friend of God, he would be called the friend of God. He would be called um, the father of faith. He'd be called the father of the faithful. He'd be called the father of a multitude. And so thank God for his obedience, but thank God for the obedience of his household also. And so when we get to these altars, we get to the one where Isaac was offered, and that is exactly what ended up being the location of where Solomon's temple was built on behalf of David. So the first temple that was ever built, this side was built on top of the same location where Isaac was being offered because there's no temple that can be built on anything other than the location that identifies what Jesus paid in full for. And even after the destruction of the first temple, the second temple period, the second temple that was rebuilt, where Christ came into, It was on the same location. And in a moment we'll go into the communion service where Melchizedek came out and met Abraham. And it's just that same vicinity. So Abraham got invited into a New Testament communion because it's to Abraham and his seed. The point is you didn't just drop when your mother conceived you or when your mother birthed you what I mean by that is when you came that way then God can preach the gospel to you I don't mean you existed before you were conceived but I I am saying that in the loins of our human race the the male gender we existed that way how many understand what I'm talking about I'm not saying we were with God before but we were in God in the form of his expectation of us okay That's important because there's heresies about that sort of thing. Shouldn't have to slow down to explain myself, but you have to. How many would wish this world didn't have stupid in it? (laughs) Then we wouldn't have to explain, right? There wouldn't be all these different various heresies and and schisms and, and, and... Untruths. But in Adam, if you think about it, Adam and Eve, in Adam, all of the, all of the seed that would be sown, the offspring that would be, uh, that would be uh, generated, was in Adam. There was no alien forces that, that could produce the human other than the man and the woman. But now when, when Christ came and he made available what is called the regeneration or the new birth, he came bringing God and man together and by paying the price victoriously for humanity, he did what no man can do and uh, for humanity. So then we could be born 
from above. Does that make sense? So when the Lord told Abraham in Melchizedek, here's bread and wine. He was foreshadowing a priesthood that will never end. And let me go forward. When Christ said, destroy this temple and I'll raise it up again in three days. He was talking about a temple that will never be destroyed. The temple of his body. When he went to the cross and destroyed his body for me and you. And shed his life's blood to wash us and cleanse us. Then he rose again and appeared to us. And now he'll never die again. He laid down his life to lift us up. He, he destroyed his temple to build the new one. There is a new one. I won't go any further, but God has made you stones fitly framed together. Glory, 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 glory. Isn't that true? Yeah, that's the truth. And so the, the second temple was built on the, the same so same place, the offering of Isaac. You would think that the offering of one man didn't even matter. But God wouldn't even come to earth if he had not put in the heart of a man the ability to conduct a faith act that is beyond themselves in order to invite God to rescue them out of the mess they were in into a place that only he could take them. Glory be to God forever. Hallelujah. Thank God forevermore. Thank God forevermore. So, so, so the outcome of my conversation is Jesus Christ the same. And so forever he's enthroned. Forever he's glorified. Forever he rules and reigns. And you and I are called into forever. Forever. The day will come. We don't know when. But until then we're being changed. But the day will come. When a moment in the twinkling of an eye. We will put on the forever. And this mortal shall put on immortality. And this corruptible shall put on incorruption. the outcome of our conversation that's the outcome of our conduct of faith that's the outcome of our life of obedience glory be to God and so I believe the Lord I believe the word when he says he who lives and believes in me shall never die whosoever believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live and whosoever liveth and believeth that's me how how many of you liveth many of you liveth? How many of you believeth? How many of you shall never die? Hey! Hey! Glory! Glory! Glory, 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 glory. 
Glory, 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 glory. Now you understand that doctor knows and we know that there's going to be more than probably a third temple built. And it will be built on the same location um, that the, the offering happened. But how many are glad that you don't have to wait till ultimate eschatological manifestations take place somewhere in the world that you're already a citizen of an eternal temple among you the Lord appears I'm the heir amen how many understand what I'm talking about you may be seated you know what I'm talking about right the point is is the, the thousands of years ago a connection with God was made and God himself never violated that connection. And so the, the real point that you need to take note of is that the, God always have a forward word for you. Always grab a hold of that. So forward word. My God. Onward Christian soldier. So one of the things Abraham did was when the, the kings came and grabbed by force a spoil and took away relatives and took away women and took away people and took away goods and, and they were leaving. One of the blessing of the formative times, the initial times of Abraham's expansion or growth and his participating with the blessing of God was that he had several hundred 318 and um, that were trained in his household and he armed them and it says and the king of Sodom in Genesis 14 17 through 18 I'll read it to you and the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Shavah which is um, the king's date and Melchizedek or Malik Sedek or Malik Sadakah which is the king of righteousness or the king of uprightness say that word This could only be a type or a literal definition of the Lord himself. The king of uprightness. Right? He brought forth bread and wine and he was the priest of the most high. So he was literally 
the, the Kohen or priest, that's the word in the Hebrew and in the Aramaic, um, of the, the high one, the most high one, El Elyon. That, that's the title for Yahweh or God. There, you can't get more high than the most high. How, how many can agree with that? So we could see that in Genesis. So why in the world would God in Psalms say, I have sworn thou art forever a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Let me tell you why he didn't say it. He said it, but why he didn't say it because Christ Jesus was not yet the same. See, if anybody was a type, it's Melchizedek. If he was not a type, then he was the real. And he was an appearance of Christ in the old covenant. He was not before Christ. Before, before Christ, nothing exists. Thank you for your enthusiasm. That's free today. Anything from now on is going to cost you dearly. God. So in Psalms, that prophetic spirit speaking through uh, the Psalm of David, he said, I've sworn thou art for a priest forever after the order. That means there has to be an order. And that order is not an, an Aaron or a Levitical order that will end, but a Melchizedekal order that will stay forever. You're part of an order. You see, most Christians don't know how to grab a hold of a priest and a king at the same time. Except when they're quoting a verse of scripture. Do you notice how many of us are comfortable with kings, but we have a problem with priests? Just, just saying. Let me, let me move on here. It's the truth. It's the truth. But when you can look in the sacred scriptures, before traditions of men, before this done, that one and the other one, and you could see someone that was accepted by Abraham. Not only accepted, but someone that is greater than Abraham. And then you see the word himself say, I've sworn. You're a priest forever, talking about the Christ after the order of Melchizedek, of your priesthood, there will be no end. Well, why would he need a prophecy? Why would God need to give, through the prophetic spirit, a prophecy to the Messiah that would be incarnated, who's been around from eternity? Because qualification for this eternal order would be by him giving the perfect life for the imperfect so he can through the blood of his own life perfect the imperfect and bring us to him thank God forever thank God for the cross thank God for the resurrection thank God for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit thank God for the gospel thank God for the word of God thank God for the redeemed of the Lord thank God for the life we live 
Hallelujah. Put your hands on your spirit. Everybody stand up to your feet. Put your hands on your spirit. And, and, and say this with me. Today. Today. I stand on holy ground. I stand on holy Today. Today. I'm fit to be an heir. I'm with the saints. Today, I believe, I receive. Today, I delight and rejoice in the Lord. Today, I believe. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Stay on your feet for a moment, please. I'm going to read to you out of the seventh chapter of Hebrews. You you may follow with me. For he that testifies, thou art a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. You could find the reference to that in Psalms 110, I believe. He that testifies, thou art a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. For he testifies, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before. For the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. Look at me for a minute. It's clearly saying that the commandments given in the law we know them to be what perfect commandments yes. but but really we know them to be be sufficient proof that just to be told what to do and what not to do only proves what you can't do there's unprofitableness in merely knowing what's right and wrong why because there has to be a different nature, a nature given that is God-given so that we can have compatibility with loving what's right and hating what's wrong. And so everyone in the, in the old covenant that managed to shine out to God were given, um, you know, uh, were given what is necessary to please God, and that is faith. Isn't that right? But unprofitableness of the commandment means that the law was a disciplinarian a schoolmaster until it proves that all have what? and come short of what? now we all agree on that don't we? So, so he says for the law made nothing perfect but the bringing in of a better hope did by the which we draw near to God. Notice, so knowing what's right and what's wrong makes you draw away from God, put a veil on, hide from God, hide in the trees, nothing's changed. When Christ comes and, and supplies us with the hope, it draws you near to God, something changed. The change didn't happen to God. The change happened in us. 
So I said over here when I was counting, I said, God never fell. Remember that? I only had two fingers up, remember? I had to use the other hand because... Do you remember that? God never fell because man fell. It never shook God. Christ never fell when he assumed humanity in the incarnation. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Absolutely and completely pure, immaculate, untouched by the curse of this world. He managed to come down to humanity and violate its track record of failure by never disconnecting from his own forward word. I'm going to say that again. He managed to come down to humanity and never identify with our failure because he stayed committed to his forward word. Let me give you an example. Can I give you an example? Peter, we all love Peter, don't we? Okay, at one point, Peter's like, okay, I'm going to chop his head off. Was that the right move? So the Lord is like, listen, I have a forward word. Put away the sword. If you use the sword, you'll die by the sword. Right now, I don't have to do this. I'm paraphrasing. Jesus says, I don't have to do this. I can call 12 legions of angels. And they'll take me out of here. How many are glad he didn't do that? He had a forward word. He had a forward word. And so notice, as much as Peter loved the Lord, he said, I'll follow you even to death. But when the thing came, all of a sudden his humanity and what he had inherited and what he had thought and his limitations, that no one could save ourselves from our limitations. You know, it had to be the Lord. And the Lord did save us, by the way, from all our limitations. And any limitations you have are imposterous. Throw those things off and rise up into the resurrection life of the new man that is born of God. Hallelujah. 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 And so God never fell when the devil rebelled and when Adam fell God never fell in his earthly ministry and post resurrection when he appeared to us and then in your call if you put your trust in him there will never be a discarding of what he has started the man of God said I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. If you believe that, jump up and give God the greatest shout of praise that has ever ascended out of planet Earth. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thanks for joining us on the Christian Harfouche Ministries podcast. Join us on our other podcast, Miracles Today. Connect with us at globalrevival.com and we'll see you next week.